Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world's bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book The Story of Art. This book shows us that the history of art is not linear. Unlike with the persistent development of math or science, humanity did not graduate from cave paintings to frescoes to sculpture to modern art. Rather man's relation to art is multifaceted and meandering, with artistic traditions, tastes, and techniques constantly in flux. Each era of art is woven into a story where every artistic piece is shown to take inspiration from the past, but by its creation pushes the overall narrative towards the future. Like a little history of the world, another of E. H. Gombrich's books we've previously unlocked, the story of art also takes a grand perspective. From North America's totems to Egypt's mummification rituals, from the rise of classical Greece to the darkness of the Middle Ages, from the true-to-life sculptures of the Renaissance to the sometimes incomprehensible metaphors of modern art, this book spans thousands of years of art history. Neil McGregor, director of London's National Gallery said, I was 15 when I read the story of art, and like millions since I felt I had been given a map of a great country, and with it the confidence to explore further without fear of being overwhelmed. Pierre Rosenberg, director of the Louvre Museum in France explained, almost as well known as the Mona Lisa, Sir Ernst Gombrich's The Story of Art Unites Learning and Pleasure. In reviewing the book, J. Carter Brown, former director emeritus of the U.S. National Gallery of Art remarked, It is hard to overstate my enthusiasm for this book, it is one of the pivotal works in the great cause of bringing people and art together. In this book, Gombrich does not confuse readers with generalizations of art theory and history. He carefully selects the most representative works from each period and interprets them in detail for you. These explanations are no mere summaries, each work of art receives a page or two of detailed examination. Though, you may not understand the meaning or significance of the art piece at first glance, once you finish reading Gombrich's interpretation, you feel almost as if you are the artist yourself, fully immersed in its meaning and context. Gombrich's layout is certainly convenient to read, but it presents challenges for audio interpretation. It is difficult to convey the subtlety and delicate details of a work of art by speech alone. It can be difficult for listeners to truly appreciate the majesty of the piece through imagination alone. So, rather than focusing on the descriptions of every specific piece we are going to illustrate the framework of art that Gombrich provides, specifically the function and context of art in different eras and the challenges that artists face. After listening to this bookie, Interested listeners can seek out the original text to further understand the charm of Gombrich's interpretation and to expand your artistic view. We've divided the essentials of the book into three sections. Part 1, Ancient Art, A History of Changing Ideas and Requirements. Part 2, The Renaissance, Who Were the Artists? Part 3, Modern Art, Where Is Art Going? Part 1, Ancient Art, a history of changing ideas and requirements. We have seen ancient images of running bulls, viscous battles with saber-toothed tigers, and mysterious hand prints on cave walls dating from the Ice Age. The Native Americans created beautiful works with wood and stone as well as adorning their cities with intricate carvings. According to Gombrich, prehistory and primitive arts are certainly important from both cultural and artistic perspectives, 
but he does not see them as fitting into the overall narrative of the development of Western art. Therefore, he places the starting point of art history in Egypt 5,000 years ago. Egyptian art influenced ancient Greece, and Greek art profoundly influenced the Roman Empire, and thus almost the entirety of Europe. Gombrich believed that the history of art is not a story of technical advancement, but a story of changes in ideas and requirements. In ancient times, humanity revered nature, offering sacrifices to various gods with complicated rituals, hoping that they would provide blessings and protect their worshippers. The artistic requirement that comes from this mindset must fulfill a sense of ritualistic substitution. Thus the main works of art produced during this age were ritual items like spirit totems and masks. Notice that works of art is in quotation marks, because people at the time did not consider what they did art, but rather a practical necessity like hunting or gathering. For example, a rain ritual's purpose was to pray for the rain god to create rain. With no rain comes, first failed crops and the destruction of society. Thus, creating spiritual tools to commune with the gods was an existential necessity. In Egypt, 5,000 years ago, this mindset changed when artists began depicting subjects from real life. Ancient Egyptians believed that the body had to be kept intact in order for a person to live forever in the afterlife. Due to this, mummification became popular. Mummies are well known, but what many people don't know is that to doubly ensure immortality, the person's likeness was also carved in granite. We can see that in the pharaoh's tomb, in addition to the mummy, there are also statues, busts, as well as reliefs and paintings on the walls. What might just be art to us today had real functionality in its time. But for these spiritual depictions to perform their ritual purpose, they had to follow strict rules. Let's look at an example. Most of us have seen ancient Egyptian carvings of a person walking, with their head and both feet pointing to the right, one foot in front of the other, their upper body facing us the viewer, with hands stretched out on each side. The eyes of these figures are not triangular, as if seen from the side, but are fish-shaped, as if seen from the front. The most bizarre thing about these depictions is that although both feet point to the right, when you look closely, the big toes of both feet are drawn facing the viewer. In other words, the big toe of the right foot is drawn where the pinky toe should be. All of this makes the art look a little weird, but this was not done because the artists did not have a sense of space, or did not understand basic perspective. Such works were catering to the mindset of that time, that forms must be complete. How would the gods know that the painters were attempting to depict a person if the engraving did not include all major aspects of that person? They weren't ignoring perspective, they were choosing to not use it in order to show all the large details of a three-dimensional person on a two-dimensional wall. For example, if the painting conformed to perspective, part of the left arm would be covered by the body, the right foot's big toe would also be covered by the foot, and only part of the eye would be visible. That would have been visually correct, but the figure would have been incomplete and not spiritually whole. Narrative art is also found in Egyptian murals. The scenes of these murals include many people and objects that seem to be piled in randomly. But if you look at them more closely, you'll see that the mural is telling a complete story, usually about the entombed person's past achievements. Every element in the picture has a role, no piece could be added or subtracted. The position of each picture in relation to others also follows a set of rules, 
and cannot be changed without changing the overall meaning of the mural. That concludes our discussion of Egyptian art. Let's now move to Greece in the 7th century BCE, where the first golden age of art took place. This era was called the classical period by later artists and represented art's liberation from sacrifice and religion. Artists began to focus instead on lives of people. As we mentioned in the bookie of History of Beauty, the aesthetics of this period were combined with the goal of conveying the ideal of beauty, and there were great developments in the arts, especially in sculpture and painting. The modern idea of the painter first came about in this period. The rich of ancient Greece would commission artisans to fill their houses with art much like we do today. However, not many paintings from the Greek period have survived, and the achievements of Greek art are more easily reflected in architecture. The Parthenon in Athens, for example, greatly influenced later Roman architecture. There are also many statues from the Greek period that survive to this day. They include influential and famous works like the Discobolus, or the Discus Thrower, and the Venus de Milo. The biggest change in technique during this period was the advent of foreshortening. What is foreshortening? You can think of it as an early manifestation of perspective. Let's use feet as an example. A painted subject's feet were no longer facing in the same direction as in the Egyptian art we talked about. When a character is facing forward, their feet are also pointed towards the audience, with five toes visible on each foot. In addition to orientation, the artists had to accurately represent scale. The foot itself has perspective, parts that are closer to the audience need to be made larger, while parts that are farther away should be smaller. The ancient Greeks used this understanding to portray their subjects in a manner consistent with reality. This shows that artists of the time were investigating nature and paying close attention to its shapes. In addition to applying foreshortening, artists also started paying attention to anatomy as whole as well as the way various parts of the body behaved in relation to each other. With this knowledge they began trying to show movement, an incredibly advanced concept for a world used to the static figures of Egypt. To be even more realistic in their depictions of human subjects, some artists had models pose for them. The end of the Hellenistic era was marked by the rise of the Roman Empire. Though they borrowed heavily from Greek tradition they began making their own changes. A perfect example is their depiction of famous figures. In ancient Greece, sculptures showed an idealized form of the human body, which reflected the largely religious subject matter. By contrast, the Romans focused on realism. Busts of many emperors have been found and each shows the men as they were, with every physical imperfection and facial expression captured in stone. However, the most striking achievements of this new period were not in pure art, but in civil engineering. Roman architects mastered and made ample use of structural arches, which made extremely large buildings possible. The Colosseum was an architectural masterpiece at the time and still captures the attention of millions of tourists each year. The famous artists of that era often carrying the dual mission of architectural design and architectural decoration traveled from one construction site to the next. When it comes to the Middle Ages, the long period between classical antiquity and the Renaissance, religion ruled Europe. As a result, artists' jobs all revolved around cathedrals and spreading religious stories. Cathedrals were often the grandest buildings in town, making people feel small when they stepped inside. 
The large frescoes inside churches also provided a solemn religious atmosphere. The artists of the Middle Ages were more like craftsmen who did not need to create true images of nature or beautiful things, but instead faithfully express the content and essence of religious tales to their followers. They also had to arrange the religious symbols satisfactorily, like deciding the positions of Christ and the saints, for example, or making the Virgin and the child interact in the right way. The artistic concept in this period can be summed up in the words of Pope Gregory the Great, painting can do for the illiterate what writing does for those who can read. Given the rate of illiteracy at the time, you can imagine that painting was used not only to eradicate religious illiteracy, but also to remind believers of the teachings they had received. Top artists mainly worked on the design and construction of cathedrals during this period. Cathedrals built then had a vast difference in styles compared to those in Rome where the round arch was a common element. But in the second half of the 12th century, northern France witnessed the rise of Gothic cathedrals with their symbolic pointed arches. The famous Notre Dame in Paris is the archetypical example of Gothic art and architecture. Their majestic flying buttresses supporting the structure from outside, along with massive ceiling vaults, allows for tall ceilings, creating magnificent vastness inside. Walls are adorned with intricate stained glass windows, shining like gemstones. When anyone with religion steps inside, they will feel the heaven they believe in has descended to earth, and that they have come nearer to understanding the mysteries of a realm beyond the reach of matter. Other artists painted large religious works in churches or illustrated religious books. As for the needs of the people, they had been gradually forgotten until the Renaissance emerged many years later. That concludes Part 1 Ancient Art, A History of Changing Ideas and Requirements. Before the Egyptian art of 5,000 years ago, there were practical art forms all over the world. Egyptian art took a more pragmatic approach to art and began to depict real-life subjects using both sculpture and painting. Artists of the Greek period focused on the individual and nature, while the Romans expanded on Greek art and technology to create truly lifelike forms and monumental buildings. With their decline came a relatively quiet millennia dominated by the church. However, there were still a few bright sparks of artistic inspiration that built on each other to create important and beautiful cultural icons like the Notre Dame. As the 14th century came to a close, the world was poised to move into a new bright age of invention and art. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.